Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Uh, we got a few things we got to discuss today. So, as I mentioned yesterday, today is the one-year anniversary of the firing of Mike Babcock. So, we'll talk a little bit about the Babcock era in Toronto and why uh, it was a little bit of a roller coaster. But it was kind of uh, 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 something we needed at the time, and then it just you know became a little too much. So, we'll get into that. Uh, there's a couple other signings or a couple couple of little news tidbits that we got to get to today as well. And then Sheldon Keefe actually spoke with TSN's Mark. Masters today, um, so we'll, we'll discuss what Sheldon Keefe had to say, including his thoughts on Jack Hahn's two defense or two, uh, three defense, two forward theory that he came up with that was in the Toronto Star uh, not too long ago. We talked about that. You can go check out the podcast from a couple of weeks ago uh, when we went into depth with that. But Keefe kind of dispels the theory here, and it's kind of interesting what he says. So I actually have the clip uh, from him answering that question. I'll play that for you guys. But let's uh, let's start off with some minor news today, and and one of them is is kind of interesting. Uh, Miko Lettinen terminating his deal with Jokerit. Uh, Lettinen, obviously the the Finnish defenseman that we signed early in the offseason uh, during the stoppage. Uh, really excited to get him over here. He's having an exceptional season over in the Finnish Elite League. But terminating his deal with Jokerit, so this can mean a couple of things. But potentially, is that a sign that the NHL is close to returning and it seems like the teams are starting to kind of get their ducks in a row here and they're calling all their players who are currently playing out over overseas in Europe and saying, hey guys, we're getting things going here. You might want to consider getting back over into Canada, getting to Toronto or wherever that they are. The you know Canucks obviously in Vancouver, Montreal and you know wherever you're playing and Get yourself isolated so that we can get going, get training, and get the ball rolling as soon as possible. So I think that could potentially be it. Keep in mind, Joe Thornton, I think he's still over playing um, overseas, playing in in the Swiss League. So keep an eye on what Thornton will be up to over the next couple of days as well. Because if that's two players coming over from Europe, that's got to mean something, right? Like, I I would imagine this isn't just him saying, I'm going to take the last month off and... Eh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I did hear that there's, you know, Finland's kind of going into a little bit of a lockdown, I think. So it could potentially have to do with that. Uh, but if it means that the NHL is close to returning, that's great. And uh, we talked about it yesterday. Um, and you can kind of go back where, where I talked about it with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, where we kind of discussed the fact that there's a little bit of a snag here, obviously, with the the owners trying to get the players to defer just a little bit more money um, than they were originally agreed to in the CBA that they discussed and agreed upon back in June. Uh, but maybe this means that they're getting over that hurdle. It, it, it's a speed bump. It wasn't going to be something that I think was going to cost a lockout. Uh, that'd be kind of silly because you know the it's not like the owners are asking them, hey, you need to forego this money. They're asking them to defer it. And if they were to go to a lockout, that would be like, okay, well, we're just not going to pay you at all then. So the players kind of you know, don't have a leg to stand on here anyways when it comes to that. But I, I, don't, I don't think that it's going to be a massive snag anyways. I think that it's just something that they're going to uh, – 
they're going to have to do a little bit more negotiating. They'll have to the players are going to have to come and meet uh, meet the owners somewhere in the middle, and then they'll get things sorted out and get themselves a, a schedule. Like that's what needs to happen now. The NHL does not have a schedule. I'm sure that there are some some workings happening behind the scenes so that all they really need to do is get uh, the you know cross some T's and dot some I's and just get everything official. But I'm sure you know the schedule makers are are hard at work making sure that as soon as they roll out a, a start date that they have a plan and they have a potential dates of a potential season already kind of tucked away in a drawer they're just kind of waiting for uh, everything to finalize so we'll see we'll see what happens uh, in the coming days i think we will start to get some some news things are starting to roll in the nba the uh, the nba free agency kind of kicks off today and if the free agency, uh, you know, kicks off and then was it December 1st, they have training camp and then they're getting rolling December 22nd, you would think that the NHL, they need to get their butts going if they think January 1, which is the target date that they've set, is going to be when they play, right? If, if January 1 is not far off from the 22nd of 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 December and they keep saying January 1st is our target date and and there's a little bit of unclarity as to whether or not that target date is to start the regular season or that's the target date to bring players back to start conditioning and kind of start um uh, training camps on January 1st I I really don't know I would think that the players would like to spend Christmas with their families and probably push a training camp to January 1st. That would make most sense. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and and they need to get a season in, and they want to be done. It's going to be a truncated, shortened season. Um, and, and, and you know, there's already a bit of a, a, a playbook here that they have that they can kind of take from 2013 or 2012-13 when they did that partial lockout where they have a 48-game season, uh, and it started about, I think, it started about mid January, I believe. Uh, so maybe that's going to be the play that they try and go with going forward. Uh, but if that is the case, I still think that they're going to have to figure some stuff out really soon. I, I, I just don't want them to keep dragging this out any longer. I want news. I want to know what is going to be happening uh, going forward for the Maple Leafs. But of course, then there's also the threat of this coronavirus that numbers just keep spiking everywhere. I know here in Toronto and, and uh, Peel region as well, they've gone into uh, code red lockdown. And, uh, you know, what this means for, for sports, I, I don't know. Uh, is Does this mean that the, the government is going to be much more strict when it comes to allowing all these athletes coming into the country from around the world? I don't know. I, I really do not. You know, like they, they talk about this bubble that they want to play in. Um or, or the fact that they don't want to play in a bubble, rather. I don't know if that's going to sit well with the Canadian government. We'll, we'll have to see how that all shakes out. It remains to be seen. The Raptors were not given permission to play in Toronto today. That is that is some local news. Uh, head to the Lockdown Raptors with Sean Woodley. I'm sure he'll be talking about that today uh, if he hasn't already. So, you know, I I would be surprised at this point if the Maple Leafs or if, if we don't see a Canadian division, based on what we saw from the Raptors today, I would be extremely surprised to not see this Canadian division 
um, actually be a thing because a big reason is just the fact that they don't want people coming in and out of the country. They just don't want that cross-border travel uh, in and out of the country, and I don't think they want the players. It's 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 not just, you know, uh, teams like Boston who are coming in from Boston, staying overnight in one specific secluded place and and, and then leaving. It's it's the the members in Toronto, or the players like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. These are young cats, man. If they end up down and they go to, to Sunrise, Florida, listen, I've heard some stories about people out in Sunrise, Florida, or if they do a, a California road trip, they end up in Vegas the night before. You think they're going to be hunkered down in their rooms when they got Vegas knocking at the door? I don't think so. And if that's the case, they don't want, you know, the, the Canadian government doesn't want the players bringing it back with them uh, if they were to, to happen to get it, I know there's all this testing that that is now going to be rolled out, and they're they're all going to be tested and whatnot. But the government doesn't seem to want to take the chance, and I got to respect that. They're listening to some very smart people. You got to respect it. I wish it wasn't the case. I want to be able to go down to Scotiabank Arena. I want to be able to watch the Raptors play. I want to be able to watch the Maple Leafs play. Heck, I want to go to Rogers Center and watch the Blue Jays play. I missed not watching the Blue Jays this summer. It's the first summer I think since I was like six years old that I didn't go and watch a Blue Jays game. So it's it's going to suck the fact that we're, we're probably most likely not going to be able to see a lot of live sports. Um, and it, it just seems like it's a little more likely now after hearing this Raptors news that we're actually going to get an all-Canadian division. I think it's 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 it hasn't been said, but it's looking that way. It, it really is looking that way. And we'll see how that all shakes out. Again, schedule makers, they have themselves a tough, tough task over the next little bit, uh, as, as well as Gary Bettman, the players, the owners, you know, the organizations, GMs, everyone's got to co- collaborate and just come out and try and get this season underway. Uh, a lost season uh, cannot happen, and I think they'll get it done. I think eventually everybody will kind of get their acts together and not even get their act together, but I think they'll just eventually get in a room, you know, figure out what they can do, uh, what's going to work for, for all parties. That even means the governments, right? And and they'll get this season underway. It's going to happen whether it's January 1st, mid-January, uh, early February. I, I still believe we will indeed have ourselves a, a hockey season at some point i just hope that we we figure it out and we get the information and news sooner rather than later all right we'll take a quick break and when we come back let's talk about uh, mike babcock era in toronto it's the one-year anniversary of mike babcock being fired so when we come back we'll chat about that but before we do let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors and it's bill go it's the Built Bar's newest product. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's metal or a physical wall. Break through with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power you through the back nine. Or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three delicious flavors. You can get either peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. How's the Built Go work so well? Well, let me tell you. The Built Go combined 
combines energy gel with collagen protein. And the collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BilkGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off BilkGo.com. Let's go. Welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Once again, I am Mike DiStefano, your host of the program. Uh, One year ago today, Mike Babcock was let go by the Toronto Maple Leafs and was replaced by Sheldon Keefe. And Sheldon Keefe also had a sit-down with TSN's Mark Masters today, a year after being uh, hired by the Maple Leafs, so a year on the job. So uh, we'll we'll play a couple of clips from that and kind of discuss what Sheldon had to talk about. But, you know, Mike Babcock, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, so if if you've heard it before, it's probably going to be a lot of the same, just that's... Kind of what happens every year. There's an anniversary of something, and people usually just keep repeating a lot of the same information. But um, it wasn't all bad, right? Like Babcock, when he was first hired by the Maple Leafs, this was a massive win, a big get. They had the Shanna plan. They had everything going for him. Lou Lamorello on board. They went, they hired Mike Babcock. Uh, He comes in. They have a dignified tank. They end up rewarded with the number one pick in the draft. They get Austin Matthews, who's turned out to be an absolute superstar, a stud for the Maple Leafs. And lo and behold, uh, they turn out to be a a playoff team in year one with these guys. You know, Matthews, Marner, uh, that was the first year with with Patrick Marlowe coming over. They were just a good team. They lost out to the Washington Capitals, but they were a good team, and they showed some promise, and they were kind of uh, showed some spot. And, and everyone was super excited for this team. And then Tavares comes over the year after. Yeah, Tavares comes over onto the team. Um, no, I think that was a, the second, the third year that they made the playoffs. But regardless, three straight years making the playoffs. But three straight exits. And at some point... Maybe it was the first year when they lost their lead to Boston. Maybe it was the second year when they lost their lead to Boston. But at some point, things started to sour on Mike Babcock here in Toronto. And then, you know, his last last year here, you know, you, you kept hearing about how he and, and Austin Matthews were always on the fritz. There was always an issue. <laughs> you heard these stories about Babcock flying out to Arizona every summer, trying to, you know, sort some things out with Matthews, get themselves on the same page, knowing that he is the, the future of the organization and his best player. And, yeah, it seemed like they were okay, and Matthews went out and played well, but you really got a sense once Babcock was let go how much uh, it seemed like Matthews was not a Mike Babcock fan. And at some point, you know, I think this year, really, there was a lot of skepticism about whether or not after he got after they got ousted by Boston again for the second straight year of whether or not they were going to bring Bab- Babcock back they decided to but he always had one foot out the door 
because they already had the coach in waiting, and everybody knew that Sheldon Keefe was going to be the next head coach of the Maple Leafs uh, once Babcock either moves on, gets fired, or whatever happens. Uh, and, and, and it ended up happening a lot sooner than I think a lot of people expected, right? A year ago this time, we're sitting here. It's November 20th. It was six weeks into the season. Six weeks into the season. With a team that I think most people pegged as one of the best in the East, and it turns out that six weeks in, they're under 500, not in a playoff spot, competing, obviously, but not in a playoff spot at the time. And lo and behold, they finally pull the trigger. Mike Babcock out as the general manager. The team was in a slump. They desperately needed it. They were not playing inspired hockey. It was not a big surprise to me. I don't think it was a big surprise to a lot of people. Okay. Okay. Let me rephrase that because it was a surprise when it happened, but I wasn't surprised that it happened. Uh, and then, of course, like right after that, you saw the team just change. Like there was just so much more passion that came out of them. But at the same time, and this is something that Sheldon Keefe kind of speaks a little bit about, and, and I'll get into it a little bit more on the other side. But at the same time, there was still some uh, resemblance of. Uh, that lazy team that Babcock always spoke about, how there's no identity and, uh, you know, the, the immaturity of this team. A lot of the same stuff was being preached by Sheldon Keefe later in the year when he took over as well. So I think a lot of people do need to remember this. And, and I, I, it's just Babcock was, he was done. He was soured. Everybody was was done with him. And then that Mitch Marner story came out about how he asked him to rank his teammates in terms of who he thought worked the hardest to the least hardest. And that's just an awful thing to ask somebody to do in their rookie year. It's like, you want me to kind of like rat on my teammates like that was just a terrible thing to do you know apparently he felt sorry about it and he, and those two have moved on since that story kind of came out a couple of years after it had happened but still it was just another thing that kept adding to the fuel here of uh, of of the Mike Babcock era in Toronto and it just ended sour but it, it wasn't all bad is pretty much all that uh, that I always do want to stress it was a necessary move at the time. I think it helped Toronto get into a position where they can now succeed. Uh, he was kind of uh, kind of the the first step in order to solidify some sort of culture in this uh, in this organization. Uh, he just it didn't end up working long term, and they moved on. And now we've got Sheldon Keefe at the helm, and he had a pretty pretty good I would say first little bit uh, considering he never worked an NHL bench in his life uh, ha- had some some decent success once he ended up with the full-time gig with the Maple Leafs so uh, coming up on the other side we will sp- we will speak a little bit about what Sheldon Keefe was talking about today with his sit down with TSN's uh, Mark Masters before we do let me tell you guys all about Built Bar I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. 
And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. And right now, you can get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for a chance at a free cooler and 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Just uh, a reminder, we have now moved to three shows a week. So that's three shows each and every week here, all Leafs, all the time. So make sure that you are subscribed so that uh, so that you can obviously listen to what we're talking about. And uh, check us out on Twitter as well, at Locked on Leafs, myself, at Mickey underscore Canuck. And ask me any questions. Uh, we are kind of still in the middle of the offseason. I want to do an AMA, kind of an ask me anything type of episode, a mailbag episode. So feel free to reach out to one of those. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter via one of those uh, spots there and ask me a question. Could be hockey related, lease related, uh, work related, life related, doesn't matter. Uh, I, I want to do a, a mailbag episode uh, sometime next week, but I need to have enough content for that. Uh, so send in those questions uh, as uh, as many questions as you can okay so um, let's get to to this conversation that Sheldon Keefe had with uh, Mark Masters today on TSN uh, a couple of, of of really solid points were, were brought up throughout this conversation and and one of the the things that Masters asked Keefe was whether or not he felt that this team still had growth left in them. And I think what he meant basically was, do the does that core, that young core of Matthews, Marner, Nylander, maybe you could throw in Morgan Riley, but I, I don't think Riley fits into this narrative. Um, do they have growth left in them? And he basically said, yes, of course they do. I, I, he does see growth still left in this team. But basically, he was talking about how it's more so about maturity both on and off the ice. And and this is something that he talked about a lot. And this is what I was referring to when I said there's a lot of the same conversations that Sheldon Keefe was saying about this team, that Mike Babcock was saying about this team. But he did it in a little bit more of a delicate way, a way where uh, it didn't come off, you know, kind of scummish like like Babcock did sometimes. And I think a way was him just to say, you know, they're, you know, it's it's kind of an immature team. They need to to find some more consistency on a on a nightly basis. And it's true, the team does need to find some some consistency. There wasn't a lot of nights where they went out and they had a sixty minute effort. They would either start playing well early on and then kind of let uh, let up as the game wore on, or be the complete opposite. They would play like garbage for the first fifty five minutes of the game and then play unbelievable believable the last five minutes of the game and then just fall short so I think that that it's a hundred percent correct when Sheldon Keefe talks about how there's a, a consistency problem with this team and he equates that uh, or he says that that is 
partly due to kind of the immaturity of the team and, and them just being so young. So I think bringing in a guy like Joe Thornton, bringing in a guy like Wayne Simmons, bringing in a Stanley Cup champion in Zach Bogosian should really help this locker room. We saw the type of, or we saw how beneficial Marner and Matthews and Nylander all were when they had Patrick Marlowe with them in this lineup in the locker room, uh, in their house. He housed those two for a while, uh, referring to Matthews and Marner. Like he was calling him dad and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think bringing in a bunch of veterans uh, is is a good thing, something that this team needs and should help with the maturity level, both on and off the ice for the Maple Leafs going forward. Um Something I felt also was interesting is how non-committal he was to where he was going to be playing TJ Brody. Like he was flat out asked, oh, what, "What's your plans with Brody? Who's he going to be playing with? Is it going to be Morgan Riley?" And he basically just said, "Ah, you're going to have to tune in and and see what we do with him. He's a good player. We're excited to have him, and uh, you know we've we've thought of a couple of different things. We're going to see what fits best, and blah 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 blah. It's totally diplomatic." Uh, answer didn't give us anything, anything at all. But at the end of the day, I still think that TJ Brody probably ends up with Morgan Riley because he's like Riley just needs a partner, man. He needs a partner to play the right side. Brody plays the right side, and he's shown that he can play with a guy like Mark Giordano, who I think Morgan Riley could be very much like. So I, I think that those two are going to end up being together. But I mean, Keith is non committal on it. So we'll see. Uh, another thing that he got into a little bit, uh, Joe Thornton. He was asked about what does he think that Joe Thornton's role will be with the team and gave a little bit of an interesting answer. And I'm going to play it for you guys here. Uh, and you're going to hear exactly what he thinks of Joe Thornton. And then I will discuss a little bit about what he says uh, on the other side. Again, you're going to have to stay tuned. Uh, but, but, Again, just a very versatile guy that we think can play anywhere in our lineup, depending on what we what we need or what's happening. But uh, obviously, him him coming here, you know, he's going to be an important piece of our team, and, and he's coming here for a reason, and we're bringing him for a reason, and uh, we're really excited to, to bring somebody of of his experience, uh, his energy, and his passion that he still has for the game. Uh, so no matter where he plays, he's going to he's going to bring a lot to us, and we're excited about that. And I know our our, our players are as well. Experience, energy, and passion. Three things that I pretty well just talked about that the Leafs were lacking and a big reason why you bring in a veteran like Joe Thornton. But one of the interesting things that I found about that was he talked about his versatility and said he could play him anywhere that they want in the lineup. Are they thinking about playing Thornton up the lineup in the top six? Like, I can understand if some injuries occur, and, and obviously you need to slide him up a little bit just because he has played that role before. You still trust him. But I don't know if I see Joe Thornton playing 16, 17, 18 minutes a night in a top six role here with the Maple Leafs. Uh, even if he, you know, you're going to kick somebody out to the wing. Maybe they kick Matthews out on the wing. I, I don't know. Tavares potentially playing with Tavares. I don't know what's what's what that meant. Maybe it's just him kicking tires of of a new player uh but that's that's interesting if we can if we end up seeing thornton in the top six that's not something that i kind of bandied around in my mind at all uh injuries obviously those could occur and then that would force him up up the lineup a little bit but fully healthy 
I never really considered him. I just considered him as as solid depth, either third or fourth line center. So we'll see what happens there. It's really interesting. Speaking of interesting, you guys remember a couple of weeks ago when uh, we did a podcast. It was um, Toronto Stars. Dave Festchuk did an article based on, uh, and he spoke to Jack Hahn, who's a former assistant of Sheldon Keefe. I believe he was an assistant when he was with the Toronto Marlies, so not that long ago, also with the uh, Leafs organization. So Jack Hahn, uh, somebody who you could say is a pretty trusted mind, right? A guy who works in hockey circles and knows Keefe very well, worked on his staff. And he said that he would not be surprised if Sheldon Keefe would experiment with a 2-4-3 defensive unit at some point next season. And that got a lot of flack online and within uh, within the media here in Toronto. And even myself, I was like, I don't know. I mean, there there may be some instances where you could see it making a little bit of sense, but it's kind of far-fetched and it's a little out there. And uh, so, <laughs> of course, Mark Masters had to ask, couldn't help himself. And this was a pretty, pretty funny answer uh, at first. But then he expands on it. And, and now you and then you start to really understand kind of where Jack Hahn uh, got the idea that he could see the Maple Leafs toying with this option. But uh, as you'll figure out in a second. Not going to be the case. Uh, this clip is about just just uh, just a little bit over a minute long, so it's a little bit of a longer one, but it's worth the listen because it's, uh, well, the Maple Leafs head coach, Sheldon Keefe, talking about this experimental three defense, two forward lineup. You're not afraid to experiment. Uh, your former assistant with the Marlies, Jack Hahn, gave an interview to the Toronto Star recently, said he wouldn't be surprised to see the Leafs uh, try out a formation with two fours, three defensemen on the ice moving forward. Is that something that, that you're considering? No. <laughs> Is it something that you've considered in the past? Well, you know what? I think that I, I like to think of myself as someone who would really never say never to anything. In fact, you know, my time in Sault Ste. Marie, um, we, we worked with that at different times when it, when the situation called for it such as a big defensive zone face-off with the goalie out. And you felt you've got three really strong defenders and put three, three defenders and two forwards and have them play more like a penalty kill type of situation with three good defenders on the back. And I remember a time we had a, a bad injury situation where we were really short on defensemen and we went with four forwards and one defenseman uh, throughout the game and managed that. Um, so I've had some experience with that. I think there's enough examples at various levels I think that has been done but uh, not something I've given a second of thought to for this season's team. All right, a couple of things to unpack there, and we'll start at the end. Not something he expects to do with this season's team. So obviously that was the biggest question that people had when Jack Hom brought this up. It was like, okay, I could see it if you were a team that didn't have much offense and you were pretty uh, solid defensively and you had four or five guys who you would trust in the defensive end, but Toronto just didn't really have that. Uh, and you have nothing but offensive players. Why would you take them off the ice? And uh, it seems like he, with his answer, like the, the quick, no, like th- there was nothing, right? Masters asked the question. I will quick. I'll just play that one little part again, the question and the answer. And it was literally just a no. Uh, Your former assistant with the Marlies, Jack Hahn, gave an interview to the Toronto Star recently, said he wouldn't be surprised to see the Leafs uh, try out a formation with two forwards, three defensemen on the ice moving forward. Is that something that that you're considering? No. (laughs) 
that's it. No. <laughs> like, no. So, uh, obviously, it doesn't look like we're going to see that this year, and thank thank goodness, because I don't think that that would really work uh, with the Maple Leafs anyways. But it seems like maybe down the road, it's something that he's thought about, right? It's something that he said that he's done and he's seen happen within the game. It's not absolutely unheard of to do this. And he said that if there are certain circumstances that could occur that may force teams to do something like that, and that is something that he said could, you know, could happen. Um, but if he if he's got all of his uh, all of his players at his disposal, I don't anticipate, and neither does he of uh, rolling with a, a three defense, two forward uh, lineup at any point this season. And I'm glad that uh, that Mark Masters had the cojones to ask that question because it, it was something that sparked a lot of fire and nobody really had a chance to, to speak to Sheldon after that because he hadn't spoken. So it was kind of just sitting there out in the world, this possibility from a former assistant of his that he has an idea that that could potentially work and that Sheldon may be interested in this. And thankfully, our man Mark Masters came out and uh, asked the tough questions like the tough, serious journalist he is. And Sheldon flat out told us no. So... <laughs> but no, it was uh, there was some good stuff in there. Head to tsn.ca if you want to listen to the full uh, conversation. There was three pieces, each of which about three minutes long, uh, where they talked about a whole a whole plethora of things. So some solid like fifteen minutes of content out of uh, out of Sheldon Keefe there today uh, over on TSN. So, but that's gonna do it for us here today on the podcast. Like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive Leafs content three days a week. We are three days a week for the next month and a bit. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. Have a great weekend, folks. I will be back with you again on Monday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.